Welcome, everyone, to Learn About World Cuisine, where each week we take you on a culinary tour throughout the world, and we teach you about the country, and we teach you about the cuisine. Uh, this week, we are talking about Russia. That's right, Russia and Russian cuisine. Uh, a lot of people don't know much about Russia due to the Cold War and travel restrictions, etc., First 15 minutes, I'm going to give you fascinating facts about both Russia and Russian cuisine. 15 minutes into the show, we're going to have my co-host, Peter DeFeo. He will also be giving you fascinating facts about Russia and Russia cuisine. So let's get started. 1998, 56% of Russians were growing their own food. Uh, Russia is a very uh, poverty-stricken uh, country. Uh, they have their own gardens, and it is actually it's very common uh, that your neighbor or your coworker will have their own garden where they eat uh, vegetables fresh from their garden. 56% in 1998 were growing their own vegetables. Uh, Russians like to eat a light breakfast between 7.30 and 8.30 a.m., and then they will go to lunch around 1 to 2 p.m., and then dinner is later around 6 30 to 8 p.m uh here's a fascinating fact a formal state dinner at the palace of congress is eaten while standing up in russia because chairs are considered a nuisance now that's i found that interesting uh their culture considers chairs a nuisance uh so at the formal state dinners they actually eat while standing up uh, and I found that interesting. In the Soviet communist era, era, there were no good restaurants, and all of the restaurants were run by the government. So think about that. Think about uh, whatever country you're listening here from. We had listeners in Italy, uh, Sweden, uh, just last week alone. Uh, think about that. Your uh, government runs your restaurants. So obviously they would all be very standardized food and there wouldn't be anything that stood out as everyone knows vodka is very popular in russia uh tea though is the most common drink in russia and i want to say one more thing there's a fact listed later in the show but i'm going to say it now because this blew my mind it was only 2013 when beer was considered an alcoholic beverage in Russia. Taylor would love that. Just as recently as 2013, beer was considered a soft drink in Russia. Uh, so that, that blew my mind. Uh, porridge is very common in Russia. Uh, that is usually eaten with breakfast time. A uh, very common dish in Russia is beef stroganoff. Uh, is a very common dish. The average Russian eats a ton of soup because of the cold climate, as you can understand. So soup is very common in Russia, and most Russians eat it uh, about once a day. Uh, family is very important in Russia. The Russian culture is very uh, loyal to their family. In terms of territory, Russia is the largest country in the world. Let's repeat that. In terms of actual territory... Russia is the largest country in the entire world. 
the population is roughly 144 million. Uh, there are 190 different ethnic groups, and that's an interesting thing, too, because when you think Russia, there's a lot of, like, cartoon character-ish uh, things that you think of as far as people. You know, the, the wrestling WWF had a guy, Nikolai Volkov. You just think of those types of people. But actually, in Russia, there are 190 different ethnic groups uh, Russian is the main language, but English is actually the second most uh, common language in Russia. Religion has always been a big deal in Russia. They're very religious people. Uh, it's a very important thing to them is religion. Uh, ballet is just as popular in Russia as some sports are in America. So ballet, they're big ballet fans. Uh, Russian literature is also famous. I just want to touch upon one thing. Uh, we had a listener uh, email to us uh, that said we sound like we are on uh, the food version of NPR. <laughs> keep in mind that we're trying to keep our shows uh, through the phone uh, due to current status. If you're listening to this five years from now, it means it makes no sense. Uh, but we uh, normally we would have our co-hosts in the actual studio. Uh, but there's a, a thing going on right now that uh, we have decided to have our co-hosts join us over the phone. So we're going to have a co-host, Peter DeFeo, from The Sopranos, joining us in about 10 minutes. And then at 15 minutes before the show ends, we're going to give you alcohol pairings with Russian food. And what I love about Russia is that Russian uh, you don't think of Russian food off the top of your head. And then this episode is going to teach you about uh, more about Russia itself and Russian food. So let's get back to it. Uh, some Russians celebrate Christmas on January 7th. I believe that's called Little Christmas, but on January 7th, uh, a lot of Russians celebrate Christmas. Uh, the winters are absolutely brutal in Russia, and that's the cliche you see on TV uh, that Russia has a very brutal winter. And their summers are very short. Uh, they have, oh here they have they have dishes of meat made with Jello. So they'll mix Jello in with their meat, which I thought was disgusting. Uh, they also are known for caviar. Uh, interesting thing is that uh, Russia is considered a poor country back in the Cold War, and they are actually known for great caviar. They add sour cream. So the Russian cuisine, and this is what we're trying to teach people today, the Russian cuisine adds a lot of sour cream to its dishes. Uh, so sour cream is a very important ingredient in Russia. Uh, the best time to visit Russia is in December and January uh, due to their outrageous and amazing Christmas celebrations. Uh, the Christmas celebrations in Russia, I told you earlier, the religion is a big part of their life. So uh, Christmas, uh, they celebrate, you know, they extravagantly celebrate Christmas. So if you're going to visit Russia and you want to get a good experience, December and January is probably the best time. Uh, Victory Day in May is an impressive military parade. I think there was something in the news in America about America wanted America wanting to do this. Uh, Russians have a victory day in May, 
and it is a very impressive parade uh, of their military. Public trans... Public trans... I said transmission. That's why I'm confused. Public transportation in Russia is very cheap. And what happens if you get a train in Moscow, it is actually uh, painted... Uh, beautiful paintings are decorated on the train. So when you walk on the train, it's not just orange and silver like most places. Their trains are actually uh, decorated with beautiful illustrations. Uh, So when you take the trains in Moscow, uh, you'll notice that the train is absolutely beautifully decorated. Uh, Winners are so bad that, oh, here's an interesting thing. So, listen, you got Russia, it's cold, the summers are short. So winners get so bad that there are huge blocks of ice that accumulate on buildings to the point that they have to put up fences so that if those blocks of ice fall off the buildings, they don't kill somebody. So that is interesting. So when you go around Russia, there are actually fences around the buildings so that if a block of ice falls, uh, nobody gets seriously injured. Uh, Rumor has it that they have an underground bunker in case of a nuclear war. So I, I know you hear all those stories and you see movies that fascinate Russia, and there is a rumor that they do have an underground bunker in case of a nuclear war, and they can get their top people into that bunker. Uh, They have tons of flower shops, and some are open 24 hours. So when you visit Moscow or you visit any other part of Russia, it's very common to see flower shops, and some of them are open for 24 hours a day. Uh, Nine million people travel on the subways every day. Uh, Just to give you an example of how many people in Russia travel by subway and train uh, on a daily basis, they have 9 million people, and that is way more than New York. Uh, So just to give you an example of how big and populated Russia is, uh, 9 million people travel on the subway every day, and that is a lot, lot higher number than in New York in America. Russians, uh, a lot of Russia is very superstitious. They do a lot of things in their culture uh, due to their superstitions. Uh, it's a super, uh, Superstitions are various in Russia. If you say that something is cheap or on sale in Russia, it is viewed as being poor quality. Uh, I found that fascinating. So if you're in Russia and I have a... You know, I have a, uh, a sports car, brand new, and I put a for sale, on sale sign on it. In their mind, they view it as being a cheap uh, product, uh, which is an interesting thought. Uh, so if I'm trying to sell something in Russia, it's best not to say that it's on sale because when the Russian uh, people hear the word sale or reduced or stuff like that, They actually think it's poor quality, and that is something that you would really think that more people would have that mindset, and they don't. Uh, But in Russia, the Russians usually view a sale as as being a a cheap quality. 
Russia has nine time zones. We just did a great go to your favorite podcast platform. I want you to subscribe to learn about world cuisine. We just did a show about China and it has gotten tremendous, tremendous response. People love it. But we told you that there's no time zones in China and China is a huge country. Uh, Russia has nine time zones. So put that in perspective. Uh, Population of Moscow is approximately 11 and a half million people. Uh, so if you go to Moscow, that's 11 and a half million people you're going to be visiting. Moscow is the sixth largest city in the entire world. Moscow is the sixth largest city in the entire world. Uh, the Russian president, uh, the Russian president lives in the Kremlin inside Moscow. St. Petersburg is another major city in Russia. Uh, St. Petersburg is one of their big cities uh, besides Moscow. And Russia has 40, that's right, 40 national parks. There are 40 national parks in Russia. (laughs) All right, listen, we're going to take a break And when we come back from break, we're going to have my co-host, Peter DeFeo, talk to you a little bit more about Russia. Cure Your Cuisine is available on all social media platforms. Go to Facebook, search Cue Your Cuisine. That's Q-U-E-U, Your Cuisine. Instagram, Cue Your Cuisine. Twitter, at Cue Your Cuisine. Follow us on all social media platforms so that you never miss an episode. We're back. This episode is all about Russia. All about Russian cuisine. I want to pick some shows in the weeks to come. I want to pick some countries that you would never, that you don't know much about. We've done Italy. We've done Greece. We've done China. Those are pretty common uh, countries. Let's explore some countries in the weeks to come that you don't know much about. I, I heard some f- great stories from uh, a former pro wrestler called Tony Atlas, and he was talking about his trip to Iraq. So those types of things, I want to give you the culture. I want to talk about the cuisine in countries such as Iraq. All right, right now on the phone to join us in our fascinating conversation about Russia, my co-host, the guy who was on The Sopranos, he's been in hundreds of movies, Peter DeFeo. Peter, can you hear me? Yes, I can. You're very clear. How you doing, buddy? Awesome. Awesome. We're ready for you to tell us some more stuff about Russia. Well, I, I could start right at the beginning. Um, Russians love pickled food. They have a sausage and crepes dessert. A lot of their desserts are made... Of course, you know, from uh, pastry. And the most awesome thing about Russia is uh, the Russians I've met. And uh, that's the only time I really tasted any Russian was when they took me out to eat and explained to me exactly what was going on in Russia. I've never been in Russia myself. Uh, The uh, numerous dishes are made from dough. Small bellinis is a cottage cheese uh, type of thing. Uh, meat and fish dumplings uh, from Siberia are fantastic, fantastic. 
a big variety. It's amazing uh, the variety of uh, food that you can get that the Russians have that are different than other countries. I, I guess every country we've visited, um, there was a difference, and that was one of the things I enjoyed about you know, going around the world. But I feel bad that I never got to Russia. It was always a problem when I had the time to go or when I was set to go or I was already going somewhere else. But anyhow, mushroom, they get sink out of mushrooms uh, and cheese for protein and a, uh, and a little uh, dessert called onion cream cheese sour cream flavored with white wine and nutmeg mm. and black pepper in it, uh, which, which is absolutely fascinating. Uh, you, they like to drink, you know, a little bit of vodka with that. But if you want to drink some heavy vodka, meat and gelatin serve as an appetizer cold. Uh, hot mustard, horseradish, and a nice big, big uh, batch of uh, vodka. Mm. If, if, if you enjoy uh, putting down some vodka. Uh, raw fish mixed with onions and lemons, vinegar, and basil. Well, they, they love the pickled, uh, you know, pickled food, pickled uh, eggs at Easter. They'll eat pickled eggs. Uh, they pretty much have an Easter like we do. Uh, celebrate, you know, like a Christian, like it's a, it's a, it's a coming out. It's the beginning of, of life, and so they have the eggs involved, and they pickle a lot of things besides uh, uh, pickles themselves. Uh, the, the, but the variety is, is amazing in the uh, Russian, uh, you know, in, in the culture. Like most cu- cultures, they've been influenced by surrounding areas, and uh, they've been influenced by other other countries also. Uh, hey, Peter, yeah. let me let me interrupt real quick. Why do you think that Russian cuisine is not as popular? As the other cuisines, do you think there's a reason for that? Like, for instance, we we did in yes, Italy. I yes, I do. I, I think it's the Cold War. Okay. Uh, you, you know, uh, there's been a uh, negative, you know, with Russia. I mean, look at this uh, president, uh, what they're going through. They said, oh, he talked to Russia to get elected, you know, and stuff. There's always been a negative associated with Russia. That's true. And there shouldn't be. It's unfortunate. It shouldn't be. Um uh, actually, there's like like ten women to every man in Russia. I mean, it's just a, just amazing a, a place to go, and, and the people are beautiful and enjoyable. I mean, I've, I've had two women friends, uh, not girlfriends, but just friends, right. and they were absolutely, absolutely lovely, absolutely lovely. Uh, you know, um, Rus- Russians actually spend a large part of their income, almost as much as a half half of their income. On uh, food, yes. if, if you can compare it in America, uh, we spend 15, 20% yeah. on food. It, it's, uh, you know, they, they enjoy their food. The Russian, young Russian girls must not be eating the same as the uh, older Russian women. There's quite a difference in their built, and uh, that's a telltale situation. Russian, young Russian girls are absolutely gorgeous, and uh, the, as they get older, they, they get that, you know, that hippie look, you know. Um, right. meat, meat is often uh, boiled, not fried, uh, and then they eat vegetables. They do have a vegetable diets where they mix a lot of vegetables in and all. But a big thing is is uh, soup. Uh, they love their soup, and they have a variety of soup. 
uh, that they that they use, and it, it's uh, uh, you know you know it goes along with their drinking and everything else. Uh, the, the soup the soup is uh, very important. Of course, being a cold climate, you could see why the soup would become an important uh, aspect of it. And Peter, uh, Peter, uh, we just told the folks that beer was not even considered an alcoholic beverage till 2013. I mean, just to give you an idea, I mean, isn't that amazing? Seven years ago, I, I, I never seen them. Uh, I, I've never seen them drink beer. I've only seen them drink vodka. Yeah, and uh, it's and it's uh, and it was considered like a beverage, like Mountain Dew. You know, up until 2013, yeah. I found that fascinating. Yeah, I guess they didn't want to get into the beer until it it raised its alcohol content. <laughs> 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 yeah, Peter, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just found that blew my mind. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that blows my mind, too. That's new information. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, their main soup is, is borscht, and right. uh, they have a variety, a variety of soups, and some really, really great-tasting soups. They put a lot of fish in their uh, soups, and uh, they also have some dishes that are, that are um, uh, raw fish, where they just... Oh. Uh, you know, we'll cook. We'll put raw fish in uh, mayonnaise on top of it. Wow. Uh, the women women uh, love that. Uh, you know, white creamy mayonnaise uh, and the uh, fruits. They, they 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 do a lot of cooking of their fruit, and I can understand it. Uh, you know, Ke- Kevin, fruit yeah. goes bad quickly, and you're talking about a country where there's Everything has to be imported and brought across the land yeah. because it's cold so often. So they get it in round spots appearing and everything else. And one way to extend the life is to cut it up and cook it to, to uh, boil it. Right. And uh, you know, you know, then that'll extend the life another week or two, and you can eat it that way. Uh, I've done it myself, you know. So, so it's it's, uh, it's understandable, you know, where, where they're uh, coming from. Uh, wow. But but it's just, it's not. It's not surprising that they like things uh, pickled, and uh, they like uh, pickles and pickled items are big are big with them. Right. Uh, of course, their meat uh, they don't fry it; they smoke it and they jerky it. You know, um, but uh, you know, vegetables sometimes they can uh, during the seasons they will eat things during a season, uh, and of course, it's a real luxury to be eating fruit and veggies that you grew yourself because the their growing season is very, very small. Right. It's, it's unfortunate how, how small it is, but that's where they live. You know, that's their life. The uh, sausages, they have a tremendous volume of sausage. And I understand, I've been told that they have companies where that's all they do is sell sausage. Uh, you know, you go into a store and they have so many sausages. They sell it there. They have one type of sausage which is hard as a rock, and it looks like after sausage was made and not quite that as hard as a rock, they put it through uh, some sort of uh, flattening device. So it's over on the edges and flat on the top and bottom. You know, along with you know, and when you cut it, instead of being a round sausage, it's just like more of an oval you know, type thing. Right. Uh, but uh, but that's you know, that's their customs. And let's start. Let's get a little bit into this, Peter. Uh, so the Cold War, 
uh, when when Russia was when Russia was ruled by the communist regime, the government actually controlled the restaurants. So I think you are right when you say the reason that Russian food is not as popular or common as you know we did Italy and China is probably because the government all the way through the communist regime was was the people running the restaurants, don't you think? Oh, yeah. The Bokovich Revolution held them back. Right. Uh, that, that's just when the world was starting to move and uh, people were getting to know other societies. And boom, uh, they, were, they were halted at that point. That's, that's so unfortunate. But I would recommend that you go to local restaurants in your town. Yeah. New York, Philadelphia, Washington. There are, they keep very loyal to their country. And you could, you could pick up a lot of this food there. And as the desserts are. I'll tell you what, Peter. Peter, we've been listened to in 30 out of 50 states so far. Uh, so so you're saying just, hey, go to your local Russian restaurant. I know in Philadelphia uh, there are Russian restaurants in the northeast section. So every city, oh, yeah. every city, because we were listened to in 30 out of 50 states already, your city, Peter's telling you that your local city has a Russian restaurant. And he's telling you to go look, uh, go take a look at it, right, Peter? Oh yeah, off the boulevard, uh, there's Penny Packer Circle, and that is a total Russian area. Right. I used to go, da- I used to go dancing up there, and uh, skiolas they called it, right. and uh, all, all the Russian girls would dance there and stuff, you know, on Fridays and Saturdays, and uh, you, you get your good Russian food there if you're close to that. But there's there's there has to be at least six uh, good. Russian restaurants in Philadelphia, and, and they are good. And there's they one, and and we have listeners in Washington, New York. There's one in their city too, right, Peter? Yeah, absolutely. So you guys just have to check your local, uh, local restaurants and and check out and try out a Russian restaurant. You know, maybe they're not as popular as the others because of that. What we had just said about the government, right, Peter? Absolutely, absolutely. You don't have to go to Russia to eat Russian food. They actually are doing it here. Uh, they they are so uh, into their country's food, and uh, they are very dedicated. A lot of Russian women have come to America and married Americans, um, right? Yeah. You know, over, over and uh, opened restaurants, and her husbands opened restaurants and did many things for them. The, uh, you know, it's, uh, but the, but the soups are the big thing in, uh, in abortion and what have you. Of course, being, being a uh, cold, uh, you know, environment, uh, soups, of course, would be, would be good. Oh, oh, breakfast, breakfast. I knew I almost forgot something. Okay. Breakfast. One of the things I read this past week or so is that you should eat like a king for breakfast. Break fast, you know, and and then you know teeter off as, you, as the day goes by. In Russia, that's their biggest meal. You think they're eating dinner? So right. They've been doing that for a while. They've been doing it forever. Right. And and they're doing it very correctly. In America, while while we're on this, if, if you want, I could go on to what I think about timing eating, uh, and I've done a lot of studies on this. Right. The reason why we have three square meals is because of the Industrial Revolution in 1805. 
uh, you know, the uh, Italians, uh, the, the uh, slaves, the uh, uh, Asians were coming in, building the railroads and building you know, bridges and all in America, and uh, building uh, all sorts of stuff. They were building out in Marcus Hook. They were building ships, and they were building eyes for the ships, you know, wooden eyes and what have you. And the people would come, and they would start, they would work a little and they eat a little, work a little, eat a little. Oh, right. Out in Delaware County and, and uh, right here in, in uh, Delaware River, they said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We can't <laughs> have this. Uh, you know, you guys got to continue working. And it was impossible. Right. So the people couldn't work a full day. But they said, okay, why don't you take a break at noontime? And we'll call it lunch and then go home and eat whatever you want. And in the morning, we eat whatever you want. So they came up with the square meals. Before that time, before before the 19th century, man just nibbled away all the time. He ate a okay. little, worked a little. Okay, hold on. Little. I'm sorry to interrupt, Peter, but we're actually going to keep you on the phone. And then go okay. to and go to break. We have to take our 30-minute uh, break. Stay on the phone, okay? You want me to talk? Stay on the phone. We're going to talk to you oh. right after this break. Oh, good, good. Go ahead. Thank you, Peter. My co-host, Peter DeFeo, can be found on IMDB, Peter DeFeo. YouTube, search Peter DeFeo. Facebook, Peter DeFeo, that's D-E-F-E-O. Peter also has 17 movie productions underway. DeFeo's pet project is Crazy Italians. It will have you going crazy later in 2020 on local television. Crazy Italians will be released. So please be on the lookout for this fantastic show. Okay, we are back. Peter DeFeo, the man we just talked about on the commercial, is with us on the phone. Well, uh, thank you very much for the plug. Yeah. And and I have to tell you that with all of the stuff that's going down in our country today about prejudice and uh, what have you, we had to change the name of that show, Italian, because they thought it was being prejudiced. All right, so well, just, we'll, we'll do another show commercial. Just, the show's just <laughs> going to be called Nuts. <laughs> we'll do another commercial. Don't worry about it. We'll get. We'll do another one. Hey, Peter, let's okay. get back. Let's get back on topic. Uh, okay. it, it, the food. We are very. We are very lucky to have Peter DeFeo. We're going to let him give uh, take a minute and a couple of minutes to give you uh, who he is. He was on The Sopranos. Very famous actor. But Peter, let's talk about the food real quick in Russia. Have, you have traveled the world. That is why Peter is the co-host of this show. Uh, have, oh, yeah. have you ever traveled? Have you ever traveled anywhere near Russia or or any places? Oh, yeah. All through Asia, I've been all through Asia. Nice. And I've been in China, but never never made it into Russia. But I'm saying anywhere uh, close to it? Uh, no, it, it just you know it just never happened. Uh, it, it just uh, you know who I was with didn't want to go. Or have you ever been to? I mean, was bad. You know, have, we're, have, we're bat battling with Russia. Have you ever uh, been to Alaska? I've been to Alaska. Okay, well then you've been near Russia. What is? How, are there a lot in, of Russians in Alaska that you found? Yes, Nome, Alaska. I've been also I've been all through Alaska. Wow. Uh, you know, in order to go to Asia, you have to go to Alaska and and change flights there, and then you go down, you know, uh, to uh, along the Pacific Rim. 
And then hey, that's something. That that's something I didn't know. Talk about Alaska. That's close to Russia. What did you see? Any Russian influence in Alaska? Um, did, uh, Alaska it has is very Americanized. Uh, Americans have, uh, of course, it's part of America, and uh, Americans have taken over. Uh, Americans went up to Alaska back in the 1950s and 60s uh, because. They were offering like five dollars an hour, where in America you were making a dollar to two dollars an hour. Wow! What they didn't what they didn't realize when they got to Alaska was that meat was going to be ten times more than it is here. <laughs> Everything was ten times more. Yeah. And and the people that I knew, people who were who who I had employed, carpenters and and what have you, who went up there to get the big pay. Uh, they said, Pete, we're trying to get back. We're trying to get back. It's killing us. You know, it's, uh, the cost of living is killing us up there. Wow. Uh, but, but, but Alaska's quite a mixed bag of uh, food and, and people. And yes, there were Russians there, uh, just like there's a lot of Asians in Hawaii. Uh, right. But, you know, it, uh, you know, it, it, you know they, they weren't as noticeable as, uh, as you know, where you see mixes in other areas. Not to me, yeah. Uh, I, I think we have uh, a lot of Russians that have moved into uh, America to get to, and they blend right in. Of course, uh, you know they're they're, they're tall, uh, very uh, attractive people, right? And uh, they seem to, to get the language quickly. I don't know if they're they're taught English in Russia, but maybe it's a secondary language. You know, uh. But they, they seem very very nice on that basis. So, so, but anyhow, on the food eating, uh, my take is that you should go back to eating like they did for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, nibble. Work a little. Nibble. Uh, my aunt was up into her hundreds. Uh, she said she, all night she would get up. We sleep in a 90-minute cycle. So she'd you know, sleep for the 90 minutes, wake up. Not that she planned it, but that's when she woke up. And then she would nibble a little. Go back to sleep. Wow. She would wake up and go back to sleep. And I do the same thing. And uh, I mean, if you think about it, it's a long fast, uh, you know, uh, eight, nine, ten hours. You got to make the dinner, you got this, and you don't, don't want to eat before you go to bed. So it could be 10, 12 hours before you have your food. Wow. So, uh, no, we don't do I don't we don't live that way, our family. And, and we all seem to live in their hun- in the hundreds. It's uh, in common in our family to do that. Well, I'll tell you so, what, Pete. Uh, Pete, let's tell the audience. Uh, give some plugs so everyone knows who you are. And then we're going to uh, see you in two weeks. And I told the audience, Peter, that we want to check into places that not many people know about. You know what I mean? I want to cover uh, Iraq, places like that that you would never think of the cuisine. You would never think of, uh, you know, the Middle East, that kind of thing. I want to cover areas that right. people people don't know much about or don't talk much about so we're going to go to one of them countries in two weeks tell us uh, tell us about yourself give your plugs and then we're going to uh continue with uh, our notes here okay yeah, I, in order to see the variety of movies i've been in and you won't even see the tv shows i've been on like Gotham, and uh, you name it i mean i've, I've been on so many tv shows uh, and, and, and IMDb, International Movie Database, they don't even show the movies that I've been in. Wow. I've been fe- featured and, and uh, starred in, in many, many different movie shows or television shows. Uh, you could also look me up at Peter DeFeo, 
fineartist.com. Now, my real site is PeterDefeoArtist.com, but somebody stole images, and they're showing it on PeterDefeoFineArtist.com, and they're selling them. And we have the FBI working on that one right wow. now. Wow. Yeah, and they're running away from us. But uh, my, my other site, Gold Daddy's in the, in the process of getting that back up and running again. They actually took my site down with uh, malware. But enjoy, people. And uh, if you need me for anything, uh, you know, uh, just give a call, 610-565-2000. I love to help fellow artists and anybody ambitious. Thanks a lot. Uh, hey, Peter, you. Peter. Uh, yeah. And you were also on The Sopranos, and you were an American gangster. Oh, yes, yes, I've been on. on I, they keep giving me these Italian roles, I don't know why, but I, I was also on Sneaky Pete as a Hispanic Jew. Uh, <laughs> look me up on uh, Facebook, and you can see some of my stuff. But I, I, I played a lot of Jewish roles, uh, um, Muslims, right. uh, Mexican, and uh, Windows of the World. I enjoy doing character roles. I and really we, are, we are very lucky to have Peter DeFeo. He will join you every two weeks on Learn About World Cuisine. Thank you for joining us, Peter. Well, it's always nice to work with you. Thank have you. Nice Fabulous input. Bye -bye. Thank you. All right, we're back. Uh, that is Peter DeFeo. If you watch The Sopranos, you know, you'll know exactly who he is. Uh, let's continue because there's a couple of nice, interesting points we're going to go to break in about three minutes, and then we're going to talk to Matt Maratea, who is going to give you alcohol pairings with Russian cuisine, which is not that easy. Like me and Peter just discussed, Russian cuisine is not as popular as the other cuisines we have covered. All right, let's go to a couple things here. Pineapples are considered a prized item in Russia. Uh, pineapples are very hard to get because of what Peter said, the importation so that is considered a prized item in Russia. Uh, they preserve meat by smoking. Uh, horse meat is considered a delicacy in Siberia. So if you're in Siberia, they considered horse meat a delicacy. Uh, I just got the estimate on how many Russian gardens there are. There are an estimated 41 million Russian gardens. So I, we told you that they'd like to grow their own food. 41 million Russian gardens. Total length of the Kremlin Wall is 2,235 uh, 2, meters. Uh, in, I want to just go through a couple notes that are interesting. Uh, bread is eaten. A uh, Russian diet consists of a lot of bread. Uh, Russian cuisine has tons of soup. Uh, Russians eat a lot of mayonnaise in their diet. There's a lot of mayonnaise and sour cream in the Russian diet. Uh, let's see. June 11th through July 2nd, Russians honor the zenith of summer. New Year's is their biggest celebration. But they stay at home with their family till 12 midnight, and then they go out and party. Uh, unlike people here where they start to party at like 6 o'clock. One more thing, and then we are going to go to break. Here's what I've been promoting on social media. T-shirts and shorts are considered inappropriate in Russia. So there's a lot of people I know that wouldn't be allowed to walk around <laughs> in Russia. T-shirts and shorts are considered inappropriate. Denim jeans are way too casual in Russia. Let's go to break. We're coming back with Matt Maritea. 
Q Your Cuisine is also available on all podcast platforms. Go to your favorite place where you get podcasts and just search Q Your Cuisine to listen to our show. But please like, subscribe, and leave us a review. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Okay, we are back. Everyone loves alcohol. Every time I do a food show, they're like, Kevin, but what about the alcohol? Uh, so we have a contributor to our show. His name is Matt Maratea. And what he does is he'll come on every week, every time we do the show, and he'll come on and he's going to give you the best alcohol pairings uh, with the cuisine. Uh, so Matt is on the phone now. We are so excited to have Matt. Uh, Matt is our alcohol contributor. He's going to give you alcohol pairings with Russian cuisine. Matt, how are you? Hi, Kevin. How are you doing today? Outstanding. We're having a great Russian show, man. We learned all kinds of stuff today. Uh, Matt's going to tell you Russian food. What's the combination with the alcohol, Matt? What are my good alcohol pairings? Well, I, you were right when you said you were going to challenge me this week. This one was a kind of difficult uh, pairing to do. One, because, you know, Russian food and sort of that Eastern European, there's not a whole lot of flair to it. So it's exactly. not something that there's a ton of precedent for. And in the other respect, it, it comes to seasonality, Right. Right. We're in the middle. We're in the middle of summer here. Uh, the, the beers and the drinks that I'm having, uh, a lot of it is very summer-based. Uh, Eastern European and Russian food is hearty and warm, and you just you can't say borscht without and, and think, "Ooh, summer and light." <laughs> uh, everything is much more uh, sort of geared to stay hearty through those terrible winter months that they have over there. So. Seasonally, we're a little bit off kilter here, but that doesn't mean that we weren't able to find some things. Right. Now, I had to more go through and actually sort of look up dishes and then sort of deconstruct them uh, in a sense to sort of make my choices and pairing. So, like I said, uh, borscht before, that's something uh, its main ingredient is going to be beef. Uh, it's going to be served maybe a little hot. Uh, maybe cold, but it's going to have those sort of sour notes to it. So you want to pair that with a drink that is a little more fruit forward, like say uh, something with raspberries or cherries in it. You might want to lean more towards say a fruit flavored uh, goza like style of a beer, or maybe even a little more of a fruity tart cocktail, sort of bring out those flavors. The other direction in which you could go is you could say do something a little more earthy. You could lean towards the brown ale to try to bring out uh, some type of, what is it, uh, earthiness or some kind of, uh, you know, flavors right. in those respects. Because it is sort of a, a root vegetable, right? So you want to go kind of back to the ground and sort of back to the dirt with the brown stuff. Right. Uh, another one that I saw was, a little more familiar to me. Uh, it was Jaworski. Okay. Uh, sort of a dessert hors d'oeuvre. It's kind of like a Russian version of a stromboli. Okay. So you have something that's a little nice, a little doughy. Uh, you know, you have your 
instant. You can stuff them with meat, mushrooms, rice, onions. You could make dessert kinds for them. So that leads me to uh, make something a little more cleaner, a little more crisper, right? There's yeah. something where you can favor uh, something like a, a golden ale. So it is gold. Because uh, it is a little bit yeasty, you want a little more of that flavor brought out with not only your meat pocket that you're having, but with your drink as well. Pairing those two together is something that makes a lot of sense. And it makes a lot of sense for sort of doughy, you know, sandwich-based food, uh, you know, across different kinds of folks. So having those yeastier beers, those golden ales, that type of thing, is something that's going to go really well uh, with the divorce. Nice. And then, of course, it's not Russia if we don't talk about if we don't talk about stroganoff, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that one, there's no getting around it. You want something big. You want something hearty. Uh, for uh, something pairing with a beef stroganoff, you're going to want a deep, dark stout. You're going to want something with a ton of body. It's going to be a little bit filling, but that's okay because you want all of those flavors to come out. You want that little hint of softiness or coffiness to go with those deep, deep, warm flavors that come from the stovetop, from the beef, from the noodle, from the sauce, all of it. You just That's a go big or go home type of scenario. Nice. And, and Matt, uh, how many times at home, and this is the reason why we're doing this show, how many times at home have you actually made a, an authentic Russian meal? I mean, you cook a lot. You're a great cook. Have you ever, like one night, said, let's do Russian? It's not really a popular food choice, is it? Uh, well, really, at home, I don't think I've ever made any. Uh, my, I have a Polish and Hungarian background on my mother's side. Right. Okay. So sometimes we have something that's a little more Eastern European inspired. Uh, it's kind of like Shogunov. We call it goulash. You know, goulash, had, yes. With the beef stew, with the buttered noodles and the carrots. Um, but other than that, we're not. Uh, yeah, I do a lot more uh, Italian cooking than anything. And so that Italian is, or Mexican, probably. You just hit the head, uh, the nail on the head. That is the purpose of this show. I would have never known what Russian food is. I've been to a couple of Russian restaurants, but I never knew what authentic Russian food was, really, till we did this episode. Uh, beef stroganoff, Matt. Do you make it or goulash? Uh, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Definitely. I mean, hard to go wrong with noodles and beef. I think. Right. Right. Especially if you, especially when you cook that long enough, the beef, the beef kind of gets that melt in your mouth texture. Uh, I think I really got to do it with some of the short ribs. But short ribs is definitely the way to go. Nice. Absolutely. Uh, what else you got for us, Matt? Any other pairings or? Uh, no, unfortunately, I think uh, trying to find things that go with Russian food. I hear you, and let me Russian food can be a little bit. Thin. Let's tell the audience uh, it's a big game, an inside joke for us to try to find countries that's hard to mix alcohol. <laughs> Just to put Matt on uh, on test. Excellent input, mm-hmm. Matt. I want you to spend a minute. I want you to tell everyone about your fantastic podcast. Talk about what you're up to and etc. So give your give your plugs, Matt. 
Yeah, uh, I run the podcast, the Sporting Chance Podcast. You can find me on Apple uh, Podcasts, SoundCloud, Anchor. Uh, it's on social media at the Sports Chance Pod. And it's all about uh, sports. And then I do a craft beer review uh, as well. Uh, my upcoming episode, I've already picked out my beer. Nice. Uh, it's an Italian Pilsner um, because I was supposed to have been in Rome uh, the last week. Oh. Um, so... Yeah, I was, I was feeling a little bit bad about myself when I picked one up. But, uh, yeah, you can find me there. I'm on social media at uh, Maritaeus22 on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, you know, I'm happy uh, the show is now uh, under the same auspices, Last Out Media Network, as uh, where I do a lot of my writing. Yeah, and tell them about your writings. Last Out Media Network is where we do the show from. The most beautiful studio. Talk about the writings you do for their website. Yeah, uh, I do a lot of uh, sports writing and a couple of different other things. We're going to incorporate a little bit more food and drink uh, into the proceedings. Um, I'm the head writer for everybody, so I'm kind of helping out uh, with managing the writing staff and trying to bring uh, some good content out for everybody. Uh, you know, we really just launched and got off the ground so everybody who's listening uh can be doing a little reading too i think uh so definitely come check us out help us out uh and we'll keep bringing you shows like this and then you know we'll write what you guys want to read right and it's lastoutmedianetwork.com correct matt yeah and that is where you can find the great writings of matt maritea uh, Matt, you're also on, I just got our chartable rankings today, you're also on the fourth most popular food show in Hungary. <laughs> Dining on a Dime, right? right? We are the fourth most popular food podcast in the country of Hungary, as ironic as that is. <laughs> Talk well, that about... might just be my four distant Hungarian relatives. <laughs> I think two people downloaded this last week. <laughs> All right. So you can also find Matt on Dining on a Dime. He's a panelist, uh, and he joins us for the hour. Thank you so much, Matt. Great input. Russia's tough, man. Russia was tough, but you did a great job. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Matt. We'll talk to you on Dining on a Dime uh, next Sunday. Thank you. All right, let's cover a couple things. I want to make sure our listeners know that Learn About World Cuisine is available on all podcast platforms. I just saw today that we are also available on iHeartRadio, uh, which I love. I love iHeartRadio. And uh, so check your favorite podcast uh, platform, and I want you to subscribe to our show uh, let's let's end the show with a couple more things about Russian cuisine that we have yet to cover. Great input by Peter DeFeo, Matt Maratea again this week. Mount Elbrus is the highest mountain in Russia and Europe. Uh, Ural Mountains are the oldest mountains in the on the entire planet. Lake Baikal is the largest freshwater lake in the world. Russia has the largest forest area in the entire world. Uh, once again, earlier we gave you a fact that uh, by if you go by total land, Russia is the largest country in the world. Uh, largest swamp in the world is located in Russia. One of the largest producers of oil, Russia. Uh, Russia launched Sputnik in 1957. That was the first satellite in history. 
Uh, ruble is the official currency. State Library is the second largest in the world. Uh, Russian and Iranian caviar is considered the finest caviar in the entire world. The U.S. purchased Alaska from Russia for $7.2 million. That's about what uh, Last Out Media pays me to do this show. So $7.2 million uh, the U.S. got Russia, uh, bought Alaska from Russia for. Uh, vodka comes from the Russian word voda, which means water. Ironically enough, vodka is a hard liquor, and they, it comes from the word voda, which means water. Trans-Siberia Railway is largest in the entire world. The sunflower is the national flower. I found this shocking. It is, a, it is considered a crime to drive around in a dirty car in Russia. <laughs> I know a lot of people that be getting arrested. <laughs> Legend says that a former Russian leader rejected Islam as the country's religion due to its intolerance of alcohol. Between 1990 and 2001, 52% of recorded deaths were from alcohol abuse. I think that's important to, 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 to harp on. We just told you, 2013, beer was just considered an alcoholic beverage. Between 1990 and 2001, 52% of people who died in Russia attribute, were attributed to alcohol abuse. It is the number one country in the world on alcohol spending beer uh they they say that vodka's ability not to freeze is the reason why it is the preferred alcohol drink all right we just did it we gave you the entire hour of fascinating facts about russia and russia cuisine learn about world cuisine is our brand new show uh it is the sister to Dining on a Dime, which is our regular show. You can find both shows on all podcast platforms. I was happy to see Learn About World Cuisine it is on iHeartRadio. I saw that today. Look us up on your favorite podcast platform. We really, really, really want you to rate, review, and subscribe. We just got a five-star rating this week. Thank you, everyone. We'll be back two weeks. <laughs>